We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, CMOS girlies, it's a shitty day in America, but we're here to podcast for you. Um, how's your Sunday going, Emma? Happy Pride, by the way. That's yes, cool. I was going to say shitty in America, but also happy Pride to all the CMOS girlies that are celebrating. If you're in New York, I hope you stay safe and have fun at the parade. If you're celebrating elsewhere, I hope you're having fun. And if you're in a place where you're unable to celebrate because of certain reasons, um, you can come celebrate in Geneva with us. But yeah. Um, I'm good. I went to solid core this morning, you know, on the whole Pilates thing. It was good. I then, you know, ate my little yogurt bowl. I've been really into the little bucks, buckwheat, um, things that we got sent. They're a nice crunch. And I feel like it's a good, easy way for me to add, you know, some additional, you know, carbohydrates into my breakfast, but otherwise I'm not too shabby despite everything else that's going on in the world. How about you? Yeah, same thing. Um, New York is kind of boarded up, uh, you know, for pride. So I went on a run and it was like hard to navigate. Like there were just cops everywhere. And I'm like, ew, I don't need to see like 500,000 cops. Um, but besides that fun weekend, I was at Rockaway yesterday. I'll start off there. Absolute sleigh. I'd never been before. I also was just being in a goofy mood on my Instagram and like, you know, got a lot of fucking DMs because I was just posting photos of like miscellaneous things from my day because um, I was on a date. And so people, of course, love to, you know, uh, always just ask questions about my dating life as they do. Um, so I went to Rockaway with a man and so nice. Like I'd never been there before and it's like well paved. There's like a lot of food stuff. It doesn't feel like you're just desolate, like in the middle of nowhere. So loved that um someone asked me can you go on the pod can you describe the man like can you describe your dating situation it was a second date with a guy that I met on hinge that's all I'm really going to disclose I like the man but I tweeted yesterday on my burner twitter that you know I'm preparing myself for the man to break my heart so I'm ready like that's which is not a good way to live I'm not giving you that fucking advice you must girlies but I've just been hurt by literally every single man ever so um I like this one but 
who knows what the universe is going to cast my way so I wonder if he's listening probably not but he I think he follows me on TikTok you know that's better than like the two instance or two interactions I had with men yesterday okay okay so we're talking about muscle today and everything and we're going to get into like why you know there's many like barriers when it comes to like women lifting weights but you know men need to stop seeing unhinged unhinged shit to you at the gym so, you know, oh, I was God, in my yeah. own little world, like listening to Pitbull, like lifting some dumbbells, you know, doing my own cute little thing. And yes, I was like the only woman there, the youngest, of course, because that's usually how it goes for me. Um, this, this short man, this man who's like definitely shorter than me. And I'm like five, five to begin with besties. Yeah. I'm like walking to like, whatever, drop off my dumbbell. This man kind of approaches me and he's holding up a sticky note. And I'm, I kid you not. It says, you're looking sharp. Do you have a trainer? And I was like, I don't have a trainer. And I ran away. I was like, bro, yeah. that is embarrassing. I was embarrassed for myself and I was embarrassed for him. Not sharp. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm going to start telling men that they look sharp as like a fucking joke because like yeah. that is so corny. But then I also had a manic day yesterday where I decided to bike into Bushwick and then from Bushwick to Prospect Park, I was definitely like biking down the streets that like, I don't even know if you're supposed to bike down because I was the only yeah. person biking. There's like no bike lane. But there was someone else on a city bike next to me, a man, and I was just naturally going faster than him because, yeah, my legs know how to move on a bike. <laughs> and, and we're like at a stoplight or whatever. And he looks at me, he's like, how do you manage to bike so fast? And I was like, bro, I've been torturing myself with exercise since I was eight years old. I straight up said that to him. And he was like, and then he just like, and then he ran away. Um, that's good advice to get Ben to run away from you. Just talk about how goofy and goofy you are. I had yeah. kind of a weird thing. Like when I was in this like running club thing last week, like I kept up with all the guys in the front and we were running like a six, like 35 pace when I checked my app and they're like, damn long legs keeping up with us. And I'm like, yeah. And like, what you just expect me to like fucking go in the back. Like I have no idea. Um, what other interactions that I have with men? Oh, at Morgan Stern's, this is our next subject. Emma and I, you know, we talked about Van Leeuwen before primarily because mm-hmm. we're vegan and that's like the only ice cream shop, but Morgan Stern's changed our life. It literally is the best ice cream in the city. And I've only been there once, but I'm pretty confident to fucking say that we got Sundays. Emma, you want to chat? Um, okay. I, when Kate says this changed our life, this did in fact, personally change my life because <laughs> you guys know that I've been experiencing amenorrhea. You know, I started the week on Monday getting blood work. I passed out. Doctor, it was not a good week. Like, yeah, you do have hypothalamic amenorrhea. Um, you know, the way that she wanted to go about it was very much like traditional Western medicine. I was like, I don't really want to go on birth control. I yeah. want, you know, kind of figure out the root cause and everything. And, you know, I was talking to my mom about it and everything. Kate and I had a lovely meal at this place called, called Bongos. Lots of protein yeah. involved. And then we got the Morgan Stern's ice cream. Um, also, shout out. I love whoever the kid working the cash register was. Truly yeah. just full of energy, full of life um very so we got color. Sundays with all these toppings yes, and like yes. he was advising us he's like put this on don't put this on no yeah well because also you couldn't sample anything there's five million flavors there's like fucking olive oil eggplant I was like what is this yeah and so I asked him I was like can we sample and he's like why would we let you guys sample and I was like sorry we come from the Midwest and like and he's like well we don't and I was like okay good for you guys and then I was like I ordered my first flavor is like salted caramel pretzel. And he's like, I was like, I'll get that. And he's like, hell yeah, you will. And I was like, yeah, I am going to get the salted caramel pretzel. But anyway. So I miss this things. also see my girl is I missed this conversation because I was dressed like a fugly hag. I was wearing a brandy metal t-shirt and sweatpants and my whole paras, which everyone loves to fucking shit on me and say, I look terrible in them. whatever, you know, if Bella Hadid was wearing those fucking shoes, you y'all would be running and buying them right now. They just look like ugly keens. So I was wearing them in line with Morgan Stern's Emma. Mm-hmm. There's two men behind us. 
and we opened the door to go into Morgan Stearns and one of them is like what are those shoes and I'm like I'm like blushing laughing I'm like of course Amanda's are talking to me when I look like a fucking hag right now and I'm like oh my god they're Hopara it's my hoka like blah this the, the two guys are like attractive and, I'm, and I look at Emma and I'm like what are the fucking odds when this would happen when we look like hags like yeah. these two hot men would be talking about my fugly shoes and um one of them was like oh yeah I'm like training for a triathlon whatever the really hot one like wasn't really talking much she was just kind of like loafing around so I didn't really hear what Emma's like order was and then Emma was like okay it's your time to order and I was like sorry I'm like talking to men oh my god and then um Emma and I sit down and they walk by and they're like enjoy your ice cream but the funniest part of this is that this morning I checked my Instagram DMs as any girl would and the guy found me he found me somehow he DM'd me like hey Kate like what was it? His name is Bryant. Hey, Kate, it was nice meeting you at Morgan Stern. I'll report back once I pick up some hokas. Keep building the base and good luck with the big surge training. What are the odds? What are the odds, girlies? So that was a fun Morgan Stern thing. Yeah, but the flavors was were iconic. I literally, it was such good ice cream. Yeah, no great well, ice cream. But anyway, to get back into how Morgan Stern's actually changed my life, I got my period the next day. Yeah. So I now am a functioning woman. My hormones are probably effed up still, but um, I text my mom. I was like, oh my God, mom, I like got my period. I sent her a photo of my son and she's like, well, time to add like, you know, hormone balancing to like one of the pluses of having ice cream. And I was like, yeah. So now Morgan turns is going to become part of my weekly, weekly ritual. wellness ritual routine. I'm treating it as a supplement to, yes. you know, help, you know, balance the hormones. Maybe um, we need to start eating dairy. Fats. So yeah, maybe we need to start eating dairy. I've been considering buying butter because I love the taste of butter, but um, yeah, so Captain Morgan Morganstern's once a week solely for, you know, me to keep my period. <laughs> yeah, no, when I got the text from Emma, I remember I was like halfway through a run and I stopped and I was like, oh my God, because we literally were just like, it was such a pivot of 12 hours ago. We were just like down in the trenches, like bitching about like Emma not getting her period and just like how confusing and hard it is to like get it back. And so it was a slay for Emma. Um, Emma said that Skims has changed her life, which I'd love for her to unpack before I just bitch about abortion for a bit. Yes. So feel free to give us that. Yeah, one. I will. Let me have my little non-educational, not as important moment. But you know, I don't like to really support the Kardashians in any way. But yeah. you know, I gotta give credit where credits too. Okay, I good. I bought Skims because I was like, I think that's what it's called. Because yes, I like, it needed is, underwear. I needed new underwear and bralettes. I don't know why I like questioned that for a second. Yeah. And I feel like I've kind of graduated from parade. I'm like, I don't really want this parade underwear crap anymore. Yeah. But there's like not, I don't really know that many places where you can get like affordable underwear and bralettes. So I was like, you know, I've heard good things about skins. Like a lot of my coworkers have them. So I ordered. And let me say, I really like it. I really, they fit well. It doesn't really feel like it's like riding up your ass crack. Well, um, nice neutral colors. So if you're kind of like on the fence and like, should I get this? Should I not? Just do it. You know, give Kim K your money. So be it. I mean, that's good. Yeah, no, I've always just been a truther of like the dress that everyone wears, like the bodycon dress. Mm -hmm. Cause it just like, for me, it's giving forever 21. It just like looks very bad, but I feel like I could get myself behind like the basics and stuff, like the underwear and like you. That's all I could ever get behind. I don't really think the whole bodysuit shape wear is really for me, but yeah, it's not in my jeans. Good for y'all. Good for you. Each their own. Yeah. Um, next subject, obviously abortion on a more serious note. Um, I've been thinking a lot about if we do a full podcast about women's healthcare because universal healthcare and healthcare in general are wellness, in my opinion. I think a lot of the wellness space is pretty tone deaf and does not speak about politics. It's pretty exclusionary. It's pretty ableist. And it just like doesn't care about the way that politics affects who can be in wellness. Um, 
And so obviously we only had a few days to do this episode and didn't have a lot of time to do research on abortion, but it is something that I'm constantly thinking about. For, for me personally, I'm always thinking about like the ways that there's this like right-wing evangelical individualism that exists in wellness too. There's a really good podcast called, um, I think it was a series called Conspirituality. It talks a lot about like conspiracy theories and the right-wing and wellness, kind of how all that merged together. So I'd give you that recommendation to start in the meantime. Um, as you guys know, I was considering going to law school. I still might go one day. Who fucking knows with the state of the world? Um, but yeah, what happened to the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade? If you live in America, I'm sure you've heard about it. If you don't, I'm sure you're like, what's going on in America? Supreme Court are unelected officials. Um, the decision is permanent. They have lifetime appointments, meaning that this can't be overturned unless a new case were to get up to the federal court level and we were to pass it again. So this is this lay, the lay of the land. Um, who's this going to impact most? It's going to impact women in red states or people with uteruses, I'll say. It's going to impact those that are low income. Um, there are things called, I'm not going to give you like an abortion like history really quickly, but this thing called trigger laws. So like a lot of states have laws basically as soon as rows overturn, they have legislation in, that affects their state. So like Texas, Alabama, Georgia is about to pass a fetal heartbeat bill that will make these restrictions just even more severe than what's happening at the federal level. So it's just really, it's really scary what's going to happen in red states. You know, once you outlaw abortion, that doesn't mean abortion is going to go away. This is not a pro-life thing to do when you think about the, the foster care system and how broken and problematic it is. You think about there's no um, exceptions for rape and incest. This is all about power and control of women. This is all about putting a financial burden on women to bring a child into the world that they don't want and they lose their independence like it i think the average cost of raising a child is like almost three hundred thousand dollars a year or to raise them to 18 not a year and like thinking about who this is going to hurt most i mean i'm not going to go on and on but it's just it's a radical fucking decision that five unelected figures got to make about our country and i don't have the answers of what's going to change and what's going to happen i think it's really scary too if you read the legal opinion. Clarence Thomas, who's one of the five conservatives that voted to overturn Roe, you know, he's an African American man. And in his decision, he cited three other cases um, that I'm not going to say the name, but this, the cases were on same sex marriage, it was interracial marriage, and it was also on contraception. So that's going to be Obergefell v. Hodges, that's going to be Loving v. Virginia, and that's going to be. Um, I don't forget the privacy one, sorry, I don't have it in front of my head, but he basically was making an argument that we also need to go and overturn these cases as well. So like, it's not gonna stop here. This, the court has power right now to kind of do whatever the fuck it wants. And for me particularly, I am really frustrated with the Democratic Party. You know, they weren't the ones to obviously overturn Roe, it wasn't their fault, but they had 50 years to pass preventative laws. They had 50 years to see the radical right wing saying, we are going to overturn Roe one day when we get power. We are going to fucking do it. We don't care. They've they've seen this since the 1970s. And I spent a lot of my time studying the conservative legal movement. And for the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi to go on the steps of the Capitol and read a fucking poem is absolute bullshit. What type of leadership it is. It's like, it's when politicians tweet like, oh, I'm going to put my thoughts in prayers. No, I, no, we can have thoughts and prayers because I don't have any fucking power. How about you go in the Senate and fucking do something and fight for people? I think that is the most just disgusting part of it that there's no, it doesn't seem like there's anyone that gives a fuck 
about people right now that are affected by the decision. You know, they, there's people on TikTok, like, I mean, TikTok has been flooded with just so many takes on Roe. People on TikTok can articulate a better opinion than anyone in the fucking Senate on the Democratic side is giving right now. And I think that's what's most frustrating. I think there's no glimmer of hope besides community organizing, besides mutual aid. And like, CMOS girlies, once again, you guys, I know your financial situation. It just sucks. We have to crowdfund our fucking broken democracy here. You guys, should, I mean, you shouldn't have to go fund a local abortion fund. I will add a link to the bio of this podcast description. But like, the burden should be on all of us to fix this. When we have the fucking military that's a bloated budget, when we have all this shit, and we can't give people universal health care and basic human rights. Like, I don't know. My rant's going to stop there. I'm sure you guys have seen a lot about abortion and health care. Don't think that I don't think about how this relates to wellness. And I'm just like, oh, they're they don't care about abortion and row and whatever. It's like, I am thinking about this all the time. I just want to make sure that we're you're adding value to this conversation because you know there are, there have been breaking news updates about like how to think about this, what means next for the Supreme Court. And like Emma and I are not legal analysts, yeah. but that also doesn't absolve us of speaking about it. So yeah, just thinking about the ways that we can add value to it. Um, Geneva. People have been talking a lot in Geneva. If you're not in Geneva, you can join it in the link in the bio. But um, talking a lot about Roe and like adding resources and books and all that stuff. So join Geneva if you are looking for more, I would say, resources during this time. But yeah, that's the take on Roe. Um, I'm sure you guys have already. I'm sorry if I'm breaking the news to you. That's what I will say. I'm sorry if you're learning about it uh, through the CMOS release podcast. But yeah, that's that's America for everything. Um, this week's episode, a fun little tradition is transition is about muscle. Um, you know, we all need muscle to fucking fight the patriarchy and punch a Supreme Court justice. So I think this would be a good time for all of us to start strengthening our bodies in case we need to fight, right? Just that's a good transition. Correct the mendo. Yeah. Okay. I'll call you back, Emma, and we will chat about how to become a strong CMOS girly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, CMOS girlies. We have to tell you all about our favorite new plant-based protein powder by Sprout Living. They're so delicious, so clean, and really much more than just your standard protein powder. Now, what really makes them different is that they avoid a lot of the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real, whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is great because it makes the blends multifunctional. Their Epic Protein Pro Collagen Blend, for example, also contains ingredients that help boost the body's own natural production of collagen. How cool is that? 
They have tons of different flavors. There's truly something for everyone to love. Check them out and use the code CMOSGIRLIES for 20% off your order. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okie dokie. So yeah, as he mentioned, we're going to be talking about muscle, kind of the basics of it, how it does contribute to our overall health. And so yeah, we're just going to start off with the basics of building muscle and kind of discussing the difference between weight training versus body weights. There are a few differences and, you know, kind of trying to actually understand like how lifting something heavy basically results in a bigger muscle. Just because I like, I feel like that science is like, can be a little confusing and it's very interesting, but essentially weight training by like definition is going to be the use of resistance to cause muscular contraction. And this can lead to then increased strength anaerobic, which if people don't know, is like the body producing energy without oxygen. So anaerobic endurance, and then this overall size of skeletal muscles in this movement of an opposing force is going to be through equipment, whether it's like, you know, dumbbells or, you know, the fucking bench press, whatever bar. And so when you're essentially like using these heavy forces of equipment, muscle fibers in your body are going to go through a cellular change. Essentially this, like there's a microscopic damage that occurs when the body is exposed to stress, AKA lifting heavy things in this case. And so the injured cells in your body then release an inflammatory molecule called cytokines, which then activate your immune system to repair inner in- injury. And so then after that, the greater damage to muscle tissue, basically the more muscle tissue your body just needs to repair itself, which then results in stronger, bigger muscles. And so basically this like overall like cycle of in order to increase your muscle size, you must basically then increase your overall load or weight because our bodies will slowly adapt to the current demands that you're currently, you know, experiencing. So that's why, you know, if you keep on lifting like a 10 pound dumbbell for like, you know, a full year, you're not going to really see any incredible, um, you know, significant gains essentially. And so really like this whole process of basically increasing the load to then increase muscle size is called hydropathy. And again, this is because our bodies are already used to doing like everyday demands. And another thing to note is that your muscle will shrink if you do not expose them to resistance. And this is called muscle atrophy. So this is like the, basically the opposite. 
And that's why it's like really imperative. And a lot of people do often notice that like if they're not lifting like consistently, they do see a decrease in muscle. Cause like, it's very, it's almost like easier to lose muscle than it is to gain it. And basically the biggest difference between body weight training is that it's like going to be using obviously your own body weight for resistance. And one thing to note though, is that like, yes, you can still build strength and endurance, which through body weight. And so it's really a great option for, again, those who maybe are fearful of lifting weights, especially if you're just starting out and you may not have access to a gym because gyms can be really expensive or maybe just like out of your area and it can be done anywhere. And it's also easy on your joints. And so body weight movements, like the biggest, like pro I would say this is that it's going to really focus on your body's natural of movements but again it will become at a certain point where the body weight will produce more of like an endurance exercise versus muscle building because you're not doing this like progressive overload with your own body weight you're kind of like limited on how much your body really weighs and so again as I mentioned earlier the only path to really building developing and growing new muscle is by exposing it to a greater load And so with like, yeah, the body weight, you are not going to be able to vary the resistance being lifted. And so, yes, you can like, you know, create difficulty and through, you know, the intensity to like more reps or like a variation, et cetera, but eventually like you will plateau. There's definitely like space for both, but that's kind of like the big difference. I feel like a lot of words are often like thrown around when there's like weight training, resistance training, body weight training, like what does all, all those mean? So those are like the two like biggest differences and like kind of like the science of like how your muscles basically grow. Yeah, which gets into our next subject, which if you're on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen that Pilates has changed my life. And I hope Emma and I don't seem like, well, a few things. The gut health shit was trending on TikTok and then Pilates shit were turning on TikTok. And Emma and I were talking about this and I'm like, God damn it. I hope that people don't think that this is like what we are pushing. Like, yeah. not to say like, oh, we care about the gut microbiome, but like the people on TikTok that are talking about gut health are literally just talking about it from a vanity perspective. They're not actually talking about like brain cognition and all the cool research and how it relates to soil health. And that trends over to Pilates, which is now becoming the shit. And it's like all these people that are freaking out about, I got so toned and so lean. It's all coded fucking dog whistle bullshit of like, I want to look like Kate Moss in the 90s. Yes. It's really annoying. And also like, of course, like it doesn't even matter, but like Kate and I have been talking about like this type of stuff way before all these fucking people flooded onto TikTok. And I just want to like, yeah, I watched actually a video yesterday. This is like getting a little off topic of like some bitch being like, order me like a deep loading salad from Sweetgreen. Oh my God. I saw and that it, too. It, it, I, it truly, I was like, this woman is an alien. Like the, her reasonings for like plate ordering stuff or whatever for her, the salad. One person made a really good comment. It's like, okay, everyone is going to bloat from different foods. So like, you can't really put like any universal claim to like, this is like anti-bloat. And also I think the biggest frustration that I have with like these whole like anti-bloat remedies and diets and gut health, whatever, it's truly just another restricted like way to eat just like in disguise. And people are accepting it because it's like, oh, it's for my gut. No, this is like fucking like people are like promoting and again, like 1200 calorie diets where you're like only drinking juices for the first 12 hours. And it like really fucking like it, it just, it really frustrates me how like people are so, I think like naive and the people are just like so accepting of like letting this type of content fly on the internet. Another thing, 
eating a diverse like range of fruits and vegetables and shit is going to be promoting gut diversity. Like they give you like three vegetables you can't eat and everything else is fucking toxic. That same bitch, she made a video and she literally was like, don't eat pepper. It's like literally salt and pepper. She was talking about how they're bad for you. And I'm like, can you just like say that you're pro Anna? Like what the fuck are you promoting here? You know? Also, can we just like accept that like bloating is completely normal? Well, also like- too, I was going to say bloating. It is valid to not want to bloat. It fucking hurts. Like it yeah. can hurt. But the reason that these bitches are saying it is just like so annoying. And it's like the same bitches that do the body checks before they're what I eat in a day. They're all in this like sludgy bullshit camp of like the same type of content, which is just all just hidden like fat phobia and bullshit like that. Like it's so stupid. Um, so like okay, if you're not on TikTok, I'm gonna like introduce you to like what has kind of been happening there. So before I got on TikTok too, there was like the 25, three treadmill, five, seven thousand, six, four, five, whatever number shit. I never got into that shit, but that was another quick fix here that was gonna make you look like an Amazon, like a model, whatever. What am I even saying? Amazon. I know you guys said that. Okay. Um, so Pilates shit has been trending on TikTok. And basically the women that have been making these videos have been saying that, oh, I am magically losing weight. I am in the best shape I've ever been in my life. I have less cortisol and cortisol. And then, and then they get into this point of like being pseudo-educational that cortisol makes you gain and hold on to weight during certain weeks of your menstrual cycle. So now that I'm doing Pilates and not weightlifting, all of my weight has just magically vanished off. I'm really sorry if you need that fucking fake voice that I made. I just hate hearing it on TikTok. So kind of answering the main question, is cortisol preventing you from losing weight? No. Cortisol levels in the blood are elevated after you do high intensity exercise. We've done many episodes about stress and hormones and exercise. You can go listen on that. So yes, they are correct that your cortisol is elevated after you do high intensity stuff. You are breaking down the tiny muscle fibers, but anyone who's in the fucking PT exercise training fitness industry will let you know that these levels will return to normal within about an hour after exercise. We adapt pretty quickly to high intensity exercise. Just thinking from like what our ancestors were doing, a bear is chasing you. Your cortisol is going to increase. You don't have any threat or danger. Your body will go back to normal. Yes. Another thing, if you have been training for a very long time, you get better at adapting to physiological stress. The more practice you get, which any fucking athlete or trainer could tell you. Like, it is easier to run if you've run before. It is easier to lift if you've done it a million times. Another thing, all these Pilates people that are like decrediting the, like, you know, I don't even fucking lift weights. I don't even, like, why am I defending weightlifters? Because I just, whatever. You, why, why do these Pilates girls come on and say, oh, weightlifting is just invalid and blah. Why have people been doing it for fucking hundreds of years? And why is it like, an accredited thing and why are you know you're just saying that like people that train at the olympics are not valid because they lift weights like it just is bunk fucking science another thing that i agree with and i have been in this perspective you know i did all this weightlifting at nyu followed by a, a physical trainer and i've been working with trainers i don't do it anymore but i did for my whole life a lot of people don't know how to lift weights i'm just gonna fucking say it okay a lot of people you see them at the gym and they're like doing random shit that like is never they're doing like random variations of exercises you're not training effectively you're doing like 12 leg exercises and then one random back exercise like you're not fucking doing anything efficiently right a lot of people don't challenge themselves with weightlifting that's a second point um you never increase weight they're not actually cal- calculating their max weight and doing percentage reps and developing programs like a lot of people just go and i'm not even saying that if you go to the gym you have no idea what you're doing i'm not cred- i'm not faulting you on that because it is very confusing and hard to learn that but personal trainers like actually have a fucking degree in exercise science and like they they do know what the fuck they're doing so like if you're always at the gym lifting you're probably gonna get like tired of it 
at first it's going to be really easy to like get through it. But if you're not doing shit correctly, you're just going to get fatigued and frustrated. But if you're following a well-designed program, you're going to like succeed at it. So I think that there's a lot of these Pilates girls and I'm not saying all of them, I'm saying they could like, you know, technically be good weightlifters, whatever. But like, if you're switching from a form of exercise that you were genuinely bad at or didn't enjoy to one that is now easy and working for you and you feel you're seeing results, of course, you're going to fucking like it more because like you were doing something you fucking hated. Like, duh. Um, some people also might see results because it's the only exercise that you can, cons- that they can consistently keep up with. You know, a lot of people go to the gym for a week, they get really fatigued and sore. And so they just quit going duh you're not going to see results like knock on fucking wood um the, the next thing is that like it gets into this shit which the you know the bitch blogilates deadass gaping <laughs> yeah. disorder um her exercises all would be phrased in the youtube videos she's a youtube video person i think she still fucking does it whatever but it's all like toning workout like spot treatment for your arms you cannot Wait, spot the word treatment. the word tony needs to be like literally put into the grave you need to go to jail if you use that like spot treatment you can't fucking spot treat off like weight off the back of your fucking arms like or that area between like your bra and your like whatever your boob that like people are like i hate that frustrating area here's how i spot treat it off and then you see people just doing like insane shit that has no fucking like physiological like exercise science backing another thing pilates is not going to be better like they're not going to be better than one another it does not give you leaner muscles you know if you if you build muscle it's going to sit on your body regardless of how you fucking want it to pilates is more like a pt exercise you focus on moving your body the right way with proper form which is why i tend to like it like i my personal experience pilates is that there's a mindfulness to it you have to be extremely coordinated and focused i think for me with weightlifting it's a lot of like good for you know blowing off steam pushing yourself and reaching those maxes but that's not something i'm prioritizing since my main form of working out is running but like while i was lifting while i played volleyball yeah i felt great because like you're doing it every day you had a training program you had rest days built in you had all this shit like scheduled and you knew what was coming but like another point that i want to add is like there's a huge i've seen a lot of people stitch those pilates videos and like was she skinny before doing pilates or did she lose 80 pounds from just doing pilates because there's a lot of creators that have just a thin build that are like pilates changed my life it's like no offense queen but like you your body was pretty much already fucking like that too so i think there is a little bit of dishonesty about this like these like cure-all weight loss like claims and shit and it's just it's getting back to this like trend cycle of just like obsessiveness with thinness you know it goes from pilates and it goes to that like 20 12 3 30 bullshit then it's running and then it's weightlifting and it's just so sad because like i remember when i was younger you know i was playing sports but i was always like wait, what's the best thing? Do I want to weightlift? I don't want to be bulky. Do I want to, like you get such numbness in your fucking mouth from the most dumb people on the internet. And it's just so toxic. And like, yeah, this whole Pilates thing, once again, next week, it's probably going to be like, let's all go do headstands in the park because it got rid of my fucking bloating. It's just going to be some new bullshit. No, it's like definitely disgusting that bodies and like exercise go through like trend cycles it's really fucked up because again like everyone's body's completely different like everyone's going to like thrive in a different type of movement and like I grew up like lifting weights literally since I was like eight years old from like competitive swimming and yeah it's like a very much like it's an exhausting process and like it takes so much like I think mental school just to be like I'm literally just going to lift this up and down for like 12 reps and like I honestly like I give credit to like all those people who commit to it like when I see people at the gym and like I'll be honest when I'm going and like lifting weights randomly it's like such fakeness and I kind of want to get back more into like 
a serious mindset when it comes to like weightlifting, because I think again, we're going to get into like the whole like gender disparity between like, you know, when it comes to weightlifting and like building muscle and everything and how like men do have an advantage. But I think like, honestly, one of like the most rewarding feelings is like feeling strong. And I think like that can give a lot of women, like so much empowerment, especially like in this time when like, we don't really feel empowered. And so I honestly think like it, it, it can contribute to so many other aspects of your own personal life, but this kind of gets into like hormones and how it does set men up for a little bit more success than women. So with, you know, building muscle insulin, like growth factor and testosterone are really the hormones that are going to shift your body into a state where muscle is able to repair and grow. And this largely occurs when we're resting and sleeping. And so this is why like young men with more testosterone will have a greater advantage when it comes to building muscle versus women. This is, you know, whenever like I was younger and like my brothers were like, you know, starting off to like lift weights in high school and they're just building muscle so quickly. And like, they were still eating like shit. And it's kind of like, how are they getting away with it? It's literally just because they have more testosterone than us girlies. Um, and so again, there's like many barriers that really stop women from getting into like weightlifting, let alone going into the gym. I found this article from 2019 and globally, women are less likely than men to like really get into exercise. Again, this is a 2019 statistic. I'm sure it's changed, especially with the pan- pandemic, but 50 some, 57% of men that were 18 and older um, were meeting this like aerobic activity level recommendation versus 49% of women. And this gap widens even more when you throw in weight training into the equation. And so there's a few definitely like reasons for this. First is that like women are more likely to experience weight stigma. So like that is a whole reason why like they may not even feel comfortable or wanting to go into the gym because they might be like nervous of like how they look like in a sports bra and like leggings, et cetera, versus men, which again, so yeah, this can stop them from wanting to join a gym. And also just like the overall designs, like social attitudes can contribute to like a lot of hesitation for women to pick up weights. You know, if you picture a gym, oftentimes you think of like all the women in the cardio area and then all the men like fucking like, you know, in the free weight section, you know, pumping iron and everything. And I think a lot of women, and for me, especially too, is like, you're like not really knowing what you're doing when you go and pick up a dumbbell. Like it is kind of scary because it's like, yeah, I'm holding this thing. What do I do now? And like not really knowing proper form, et cetera. And also like, I think getting in like the fear of like getting in the way of someone who has more expertise, quote unquote, I just want to say that like, you should feel empowered and encouraged to take up as much fucking space in the gym. If you're paying for a membership, you're like, you have every right to, you know, be using that bench as like the other person who's maybe been weightlifting for like 30 plus years or whatever. And then lastly, the biggest thing again is going to be beauty standards for women versus men. So, you know, men, oftentimes how they are portrayed and so on medium is like this very strong and lead man, lean man with like, you know, six pack, et cetera, buff biceps, et cetera. So men are going to naturally go into like weightlifting, but the expectations for women when it comes to what is considered like healthy, quote unquote, is just like this very thin body with like very little body fat and honestly, like no muscle at all, because like, you know how models are like shown to us and everything. And so women often stick to cardio because of this whole fear of getting bulky. I'm going to tell you right now, girls, getting bulky is a fucking myth. So if you're like, I want to lift weights, but I'm scared of getting bulky, like literally shut up. (laughs) No, I know why you're thinking of this, but like, there's no reason to worry. Basically no one accidentally just becomes a bodybuilder. Like you're not just going to like somehow find yourself like lifting like 120 pounds and like literally eating like 4,000 grams of egg whites. Like that doesn't just happen. And again, the biggest thing is comes back to testosterone is because muscle bulk is largely dependent on testosterone production. We as women have far less testosterone than men. We men produce about like 20 times as much as women. And so again, like, even if you are training extremely hard, you are going to build muscle slower than men. And also the thing is that like 
okay, yeah, you might build like a little bit of muscle from Pilates, but again, you're only going to progressively like overload that weight so much that like you are going to hit a fucking plateau. So like kind of your only option is then to get into like weightlifting. And again, like muscle is muscle and it's going to show on your body, like no matter how you're building it. So it's like, honestly, like weightlifting is just going to be like a little bit more effective because you're going to have more opportunity to progressively overload. Yeah. I think if people who are, have that fear of, I mean, I had that fear of like getting bulky. It's like, you'd have to be really trying. If you go on like the girls that weightlift on TikTok, like they are literally trying so hard to do that. You're not going to casually do it. Like Emma said, um, Another thing that I think is important to just co- be cognizant about, I don't want to like freak people out and feel like you're biologically destined to be one type of way, but it's something that was interesting to me when I learned about this, which are called somatypes, um, if you've ever heard of that phrase. So it's kind of saying that your genetics and your natural build kind of determines if and how you can burn muscle or build muscle, I'm saying. So it's not going to be like, oh, if you're built this way, you're screwed and you will never be able to lift 10 pounds in your life. But there is a lot that goes into it. And so I think when you get frustrated about like, you know, maybe I can't put on muscle or I feel like I'm predetermined to look this way. Like it is good to give yourself a little bit of grace about the stuff you can't control. I'm not entirely like opting you out of like, you know, like pushing yourself or challenging yourself. But basically the somatypes were developed in the 1940s. Originally when like the freaks that thought about this, how do I say freaks? Sorry. The people that thought about this, they th- they were trying to think that personality types were in sync with your body type, that like, if you have broad shoulders, you're like this. If you have big hips, you're like this, which that part of it was not true, but they did further research looking at like differences in physiques and your hormonal responses, and then also your physical performances. And those things about the original somatypes actually do hold true. So there's solid science behind using your somatype for fitness and athletic training to enhance your performance. I would kind of qualify this as being maybe a type of biohacking or just another way to be really cognizant of your body. It's like, okay, do I know my period? Do I know this about my body? I know my somatype is like this. I might get my results more like this. So I got to accommodate for that by doing X factor. It's just, it's just being more aware about your body. I would say, um, you know, it may be a key to be getting, getting some more results. If you feel like you are at a plateau from your eating and sort of exercise routines. So you can take an online quiz to sort of like, like figure out which of the, the, um, three types you are there's also a, like a, a you, know, you might be half one and half the other but just good to know so a mesomorph this is what I am it's you have a naturally muscular build I remember you know when I was in my eating disorder days I I wanted to do everything in my power to not be muscular I would just I didn't I was like ah this fucking muscle on my body I want to get rid of it I want to get rid of it just like I had become so ingrained in the culture of that I just look bad with muscle I just wanted to be sick thin whatever um when you are a mesomorph, you have this naturally muscular build. It means that you will, at your BMR, you will require more calories and protein just due to the fact that you need to maintain your muscle. Um, it's also really easy for you to gain and lose weight. This is both fat and muscle. So in my experience, I have noticed that I don't have to lift as much. Um, if I do 40 squats in my home, my legs will look the same as if I was pumping them out going to the gym every single day. When I stopped playing volleyball, college volleyball, and I got into running, you know, you would think like, oh, you're just going to do cardio. Your body's going to shift a lot. No, I still fit the exact same pant size. My legs are like the same, if not bigger, you know, than they were when I was playing volleyball. So it's like interesting that, yeah, like I realized at a point that my body's going to look a certain way and that's how it is. Like, you know, kind of that was a, that was a test of demystifying that. Like if I do cardio, my body's going to look away. No, 
muscle is muscle is muscle and it sits on your fucking body. So that's how my body looks. The next of the three types is going to be an ectomorph. These are those with like very thin and lean, lean limbs. You have a very fast metabolism. I feel like we all can like not picture what they look like, but I just like know a lot of people that I feel like I played that were like, or played on volleyball teams like this. You're always burning throughout the day. You're always going to be hungry, but it's really hard for you to gain muscle or weight easily. These people have to be extremely intentional about how much you're eating and like how much exercise you're doing. So that's going to be the second type. And then the last type is going to be an endomorph. This is where you have like a medium or larger natural bone structure. It's a lot harder to lose weight just based on where weight is stored on your body. And like, once again, you can't spot treat weight, you know, off your body. So I think that being, you know, dieting or like being paranoid about your sonotype is really fucking stupid. I just think it's good to have an idea of like why your body is the way it is. Like, damn it, I never can gain muscle, or I feel like I have broad shoulders and whatever. Like, I think it's just good to be cognizant about, like, your build, because once again, you're going to be giving yourself grace about, like, damn, I really can't change my body. Like, it is just another thing with body acceptance about, like, yep, there is so much that is just literally how you're fucking built. To get into the next thing that I think a lot of the CMS girl is, I'm going to be your your angel on your shoulder just banging you over the head with this one. Emma and I have to bang each other over the head with this one back and forth mm-hmm. all the fucking time. So I know some of you guys need a good head banging here. Rest days, muscle recovery, okay? I'm gonna give you the fucking tough news here, girlies. Studies show that your muscles need anywhere from 24 to 72 hours to recover, okay? Here are some signs that you might need a rest day and should chill the fuck out versus going through another fucking exercise. Are you sore? Do your workouts feel bad? Are they tough to get through? You normally can run, let's say, a nine-minute pace running, and you are slogging a 10-minute pace, okay? Your resting heart rate is elevated. You feel like you never can fucking chill out throughout the day. Are you tired? Are you moody? It's going to be really hard to isolate those two during exercise, but if you just notice an intense like sharpness and that your like heart is racing and you're just moody and tired, whatever. You're waking up in the middle of the night. If you don't want to work out, these are all things that you should be taking a rest day. I think a lot of people mistakes with rest days. One, people don't take them. Two, people half-ass take them. You know, you're like, oh, I'm not going to like do anything. Uh, I'm just going to go and go and do a little something and still work out and not really rest your body. I am, I will raise my hand that I have those things too. Like I am victim of that as well. Think of your rest days as growth days. Okay. And think of your training days as stimulation days. I think that's a great way to think about it. Okay. You need to do this to get the goals you want. If you are running yourself to death, if you're exercising yourself to death and you're not resting, you literally will never fucking see results. I have been in those cycles and I'm like, damn, I don't think I'm even getting better. Yeah, bitch, because you're not fucking resting, okay? You are not wimpy for resting. Literally, professional athletes have rest days. One to two rest days a week, you might need more, okay? Another mistake people do is you cut nutrition on rest days. You think, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't run today. I just, I just cut my calories. No, your body, this is a growth day, ladies. This is not a fucking rest day. So you need to eat so your body can grow and recover. So then you can get up and do some hard shit tomorrow, okay? Another thing, your BMR. Weight maintenance is going to be a lot more complicated than calories in, calories out. Fitness bros, if you want to attack me on that, say it's all about calorie deficit. Okay, you're a man. Shut up. Did I ask? Women have hormones, the stress levels, your nutrient balance. And there's so many more factors that play into the equation about like what your weight's going to be like, how you recover, how you rest, all that type of shit. 
your BMR, which is going to be responsible for the most of calories you burn throughout the day. This is going to be things like, can your brain work? Can your body function while you sleep? Can your heart pump? Can your lungs breathe? Can you have a menstrual cycle? It's not only about like, can I reach this pace when I'm like exerting energy? It's about what you're fucking doing at rest. Okay. During rest days, your body has a chance to remove this excess, excess lactate from your muscles. If you hear about lactic acid buildup, you hear about foam rolling and shit. A lot of people, myself included, have been born and raised with that push through the pain mentality, neglecting rest days. If you are never at rest, you can never fucking repair those muscles. And when you're working your muscles, you're breaking up the tiny fibers. You are breaking down your fucking muscles. You are choosing that I will break down my muscles. So if you don't have time to rest, like your muscles will just be broken. You will get stretch fractures. You will get injured easily. You will literally never fucking see results. Okay. So take a rest day, take a rest day. I'm going to take a fucking rest day tomorrow because I don't want to do shit tomorrow. It's going to be raining and I just don't want to do it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> stretching foam rolling. I feel like those are things that you guys know you should be doing, having some sort of recovery thing. You should be sleeping, all that stuff. One thing that I've started doing a little bit more is eating more protein before bed. I got this recommended to me from a doctor dietitian. Basically, protein synthesis and repair is going to be happening when you're at rest, when you're completely at rest and you are knocked out and you are asleep, okay? Protein-rich food tend to like bump up your metabolism slightly more than other than different macronutrients. And while you sleep, protein is actually like pretty effectively digested and absorbed, which can increase this synthesis process while you're sleeping. Up to 22%, it can help with improving your whole like body's not only protein balance, but also like hormonal balance of getting back to normal in this like post-exercise like recovery, you know? you're at sleep, make it a great opportunity. So when you're eating dinner or maybe you're eating dessert or like a late night snack or whatever you eat is your last thing of the day, add some protein to it. You know, maybe make like a protein mush bowl mug cake situation. I feel like I do those whenever I don't have any protein. Maybe have a big fat thing of salmon before bed, have some beans and rice. I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, but I would say there's a lot of foods also that like high protein foods like steak and chicken can also disrupt sleep because they take a long time to break down. So just be conscious about like what types of things you're eating. But that's one thing that I think has helped me like recover a lot faster is like focusing on the most protein in my last like food before I go to sleep. Next thing, going to be the best foods for building muscle. I'm not going to like miser in this section too much because I feel like we all have been fed that like you need to eat so much protein. You need so little protein. Like it's kind of like calories where you could go on the internet and you could get a range of like a million and one options of how much protein you need in a day. The recommended dietary allowance is like at a modest 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. You can do the math online. Po protein deficiencies are pretty rare among Americans. Like it's really hard to be deficient in protein, but also like the fitness freaks on the opposite end of the spectrum, like excess protein places, tremendous strains in your kidneys, especially if you're getting it from just like things like protein powders and not real food. So like, if you're not doing enough, it can be danger. If you're doing way too much, you just got to be balanced with it. They say endurance athletes might need a little bit more than strength athletes um, per body weight. And if you only eat protein, like, you know, a diet of egg whites and powders and bars, you really aren't getting the nutrients from real foods. You're not getting the real fiber in veggies and fruits. You're not getting like complex carbs. You're not getting like gut microbiome riching things. So that's like a reason to not just be reliant on like the quote, like fitness, TikTok fitness influencer foods, where it's all bars and proteins and shit. Another area that I think is important is like plant-based people. So the vegans and the vegetarians are just people who tend to not eat a lot of animal-based protein sources. Amino acids are going to be the main thing that you'll hear about. Um, all protein sources are not going to be created equally. Protein is made up of things called amino acids, and there's going to be certain ones that are essential that your body cannot produce on its own. So you have to acquire them through food. There's going to be nine essential amino acids. 
So things like meat and fish, eggs and milk are gonna be complete proteins that have all nine of these essential amino acids, but vegans and vegetarians, there's some that it might be more difficult for you to get. The thing is that if you're eating a wide variety of whole foods, like once again, you're eating legumes, you're eating fruits, vegetables, and grains, you're probably going to get a nice mix of amino acids and you probably won't have to worry. It's just when people like are eating just very a bland, not diverse diet, you're not going to be able to get different amino acids. Um, and one that's really hard for vegetarians to get is going to be lysine. For example, like it's they're they're missing one of the essential amino acids. And this is when like pairing food comes into play. So like beans have a lot of lysine in them, but rice is very low in lysine. So when you pair them together, they kind of pair off. But I don't want people to get into like food combining like freak mentality where you feel like you need to like pair food together. Um, I think it also, this protein discussion also kind of comes, um, depends on where you're coming from. Like Emma and I were vegans. So we got very equipped to eating a lot of vegetables and fruits. And so I kind of think of like animal protein now as like a side dish versus like before I went vegan, like I would eat one vegetable in a day, maybe like two carrots. And now I feel like vegetables and fruits are like the majority of my diet. Um, and another thing I would say protein powder is generally recognized as safe. There's going to be better ones that have less like crap in them. So you have to like do that digging as a consumer, but you might, you know, experience digestive issues if you're using, consuming a lot of protein powder, because they do have things like stevia, they do have natural flavors and that stuff kind of might lead to upset stomach. Yes. And also, I think just one thing to know for most people, you know, the most, you know, the average CMOS really is probably Kate and I included, like, we're not like training for any like particular like race or events. So honestly, just like focusing on eating all the food groups is your best bet. There's no reason to really go down that major rabbit hole. Like, should I be eating this much protein? How many carbs X, Y, Z? Like if you are like being like really intentional with like training for event, then yeah, maybe speak to a nutritionist or if like your doctor's like, you need to increase X, Y, Z for the most part, just like if you're eating everything that you should be eating, you're going to live, you're going to be fine. Okay. So we talked about muscle, you know, eating, et cetera, why rest are important, but like kind of getting into like actual, like the health benefits of having muscle. Of course, the biggest thing is just going to be like being strong and being able to carry and lift heavy things, et cetera. But the first one that I want to touch on is like bone health because strong muscles can lead to strong bones. And strength training over time is also able to help slow bone loss and even build new bone. And so strong bones are extremely important because they can help with offsetting age related declines and bone mass and also reduce uh, the risk of fractures due to osteoporosis, which is a huge thing that many women should be thinking about, especially when they're entering their menopause years. I don't think we probably have that many people of that, you know, age range that's listening to the podcast, but Again, girlies, what you're doing right now is going to heavily impact what you are doing or what happens when you're 50, 60, 70, 80, et cetera. And so one of the benefits of like strength training, strength training, my God, often is that it's going to target parts that are more likely to fracture when you're older, such as like hips, spine, and wrists. You always hear about like old woman probably in your life about like, you know, having some sort of like broken hip. And so when we age this like whole bone breakdown process, it basically outpaces bone formation, which is why osteoporosis is such a big deal. And this often starts around when you are 50, because that 50 at menopause, it's when your estrogen decreases, we'll kind of get into estrogen in a bit. Um, but another thing too, is that like muscle mass does decrease around three to 8% per decade after the age of 30. So, you know, we might be entering our thirties thinking like, oh, we're still young, yada, yada, yada. During that process, if you were not like continually like lifting weights, or if you weren't like your entire life, you're already going to probably be entering with very little muscle mass. And then putting on top of that, like this natural muscle mass decretion 
you like are kind of going to be a little bit fucked. And again, like this whole like muscle mass decrease is a natural part of aging. So like, it's one thing where like you can't entirely avoid it, but there are ways that you can kind of help reduce its significant impacts. And so this kind of gets into a menorrhea, which I wanted to discuss about because really one of the biggest things that I was so concerned about when I wasn't getting my period is that like, oh God, like my bone density is probably like bad of like an 80 year old woman. Like I'm going to be 30 and I'm going to have like brittle bones. And so with the menorrhea for people who don't know, basically like this puts you at a significant risk for low bone density and osteoporosis because you are estrogen deficient. Your body is mainly in a state of stress. So it's not going to be producing as many sex hormones that are needed to regulate a cycle. And estrogen is so vital because it plays an important role in the growth and development of new bones. So when your estrogen levels drop, your bone density can drop as well. And so you really want to enter your adult years with as much bone as possible to avoid, again, osteoporosis. Again, women who are menopause, like their estrogen levels are going to naturally drop. And so women who are diagnosed with amenorrhea in their youth can have bone density similar to a woman in her 50s and 60s. And this is like one thing that I really want to like, I wish I had knew when I was like being a little bitch with like an eating disorder that like, Emma, you were fucking your body up. Like, yeah, Yeah. you might think it's like fucking cool and trendy to like be skinny, but like, no, it's actually not fucking cool because like, guess what? You're going to wake up when you're 40 one day and like not be able to move your fucking body. And so I think like that is one thing, especially like if you ever feel triggered on the internet from like the Pilates people, or if you ever feel like, and I think what's also really scary is that like this whole rise of like, you know, the super skinny aesthetic, you know, like all the Kardashian people, like whatever got rid of their BBLs, if that's even like the acronym for it. Like, I think like we're kind of entering like a very scary place also with like indie sleeves where it's like glamorizing like very thin bodies. And I think it's again, extremely fucked up that we like glamorize certain body types. And I'm very nervous that like for the youth that is growing up on social media to like be shown basically all this like pro Anna stuff again, yeah. it really, really makes me nervous just because I like, again, so many people don't know like a lot of like the health consequences that come with whatever restrictive eating, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this kind of gets into like muscle metabolism. One of the, again, benefits, you know, metabolism can be whatever a tricky space for some people to like listen to, but whatever, grow up. Um, Kate and I also did a whole episode on metabolism that you can go back and like listen to if you're interested. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to note is that there are multiple factors that can determine one's metabolism. Kate talked about like the different body types again. So like there are some things that you're not going to have full control over. And so, you know, it's going to be height, age, genetics that are really going to kind of like determine what your metabolism is going to be. And our total body mass is really going to be like the largest indicator for like how quote unquote fast your metabolism is. And this is literally just because like, you're going to have more cells in the body to act as like furnaces to have, to basically like have running in your body because, you know, with metabolism is essentially like the conversion of food into energy. So yes, someone who is seven feet tall is going to have a higher metabolism. They literally just have like a greater body that they need to like, basically like, you know, convert food into energy. And so, yeah, someone who's taller with greater bone versus someone who is maybe a little bit more teeth is going to just naturally burn more. But one area that you do kind of have somewhat control over is like building muscle mass. And this is like one of the few ways that you can like, quote unquote, like really increase your metabolism. And science has shown that one pound of muscle burns about six calories at rest per day versus fat, which burns roughly two calories. So muscle is going to be more metabolically like active versus fat. Now, one thing to keep in mind, people might hear this and be like, oh, I'm just going to see and like try to build as much muscle as possible. You're still going to have fat in your body. Even if you like have X amount of muscle, like you need fat to live. So I don't want you to like demonize like fat as being bad fat on your body is also a very important thing, especially for women, but greater muscle can lead to longer and more intense workouts. 
because this like added strength and size basically allows you to be yeah more efficient at working out so that's like a whole nother area of like why like having muscle you are going to have a faster metabolism because you're just going to be like actively like working out more efficiently they're burning more another thing that's like a little sciencey and geeky is this thing called epoch or excess post extra exercise oxygen consumption it's also known as like the afterburn effect and this is essentially like all of the oxygen and energy or calories that the body takes and uses to recover and repair muscle and strength training is like an extremely effective way at like raising this epoch as there is more physiological stress put on the body versus cardiovascular exercise again because you're using an opposing force that's extremely heavy and intensity is going to be key here and it makes the biggest impact so like really focusing on your compound movements these are going to be things such as like squats bench press deadlifts versus like you know a tricep extension where you're maybe not like doing a full compound movement with a muscle group and again this whole like spike is going to vary and it can range from like four to 15 percent so essentially like when you're done exercising your metabolism might spike four to 15 percent because of this whole entire physiological stress and just like the overall process that it takes into like repairing those muscles so that's like kind of like the main few things that are like how muscle and metabolism are at play i think again it's very rewarding to know that like if you put in the work you can gain muscle and experience incredible health benefits but again like you have to like put in the work and be very intentional and like you have to like you know be good about like your nutrition sleep stress etc so the main takeaways from today's episode really is about muscle um one if you you know are not lifting and stuff you're going to be hurting your bones um i wish i knew that when i was younger there's going to be a lot of bunk on tiktok about lean and long and toning and all that bullshit in one year out the next okay you know what's best for your body find a workout that you will stick to that's how you're going to see results versus just picking up whatever your favorite fucking person on tiktok is doing this week um emma any any notes um i'm just going to say that it feels really really good to be strong i've noticed like i feel like this is like one of the first few times in my life where i have really been prioritizing my nutrition and like rest days and actually like being very intentional with my workout routine and i have just noticed that like for example yesterday i was biking the williamsburg bridge a year ago i would have been out of breath like the second i had gone on that bridge yesterday i was breezing on the bridge with no issue i had no issues biking multiple miles etc and i think like that's one of the best things just to realize that like holy fuck, I'm like capable of doing this. And like, I'm capable of like lifting weights and doing heavy things. And like, if I needed to protect myself in a situation, I could probably punch any fucking man in the ground. Yeah. And I think like, that's one really important thing for people to realize that like it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter like what your body looks like, because you know, like again, health at every single size, like, yeah, someone could be, you know, X amount of pounds or whatever, but like, they might be struggling with a lot of health issues. And I think like we need to get out of that, like whole mindset of like, this certain type of body type is only deemed as healthy. And I think like, again, just like focusing solely on yourself and like really prioritizing kind of more like the mental like benefits that you experience your exercise. Like I feel so incredibly like proud of myself every single day that I can do X, Y, Z. And I don't think that would have been possible if, you know, I hadn't shifted my entire mindset and, you know, found community that, you know, you know, is definitely more supportive than like being in these like very toxic circles. Agree. I big agree on all that. I think that you also are going to have phases of your life where you feel really good about your body and your movement and your goals. Other days where you're confused as fuck, why you can't even run for two minutes without not being able to do it. Like your body is not going to be an optimal shape all the time. And so I think don't beat yourself up and just entirely quit on it. Um, allow yourself some grace with movement and kind of like 
hitting, you know, still being goal oriented that you're not like, I don't really care, you know, whatever. I don't really care if I go to the gym or I do this, like you can still have goals, but figure out a way that works for you. And I think once you really like, I'm the biggest advocate of just doing whatever the fuck you want. I do not have a public Strava. I do not say what I do every single day. One, because I guess like I'm in the public eye and I don't want to be impressionable upon people of like, what is the thing that they need to do? Because many 15 year olds follow me on TikTok and like, that's what I was being fed when I was 15 and then slipped into an eating disorder. But two, like, I just want to have my own thing that I can do. And I get to wake up every single day and challenge who I was yesterday and see that progress. I don't care about what Jimmy Two Shoes fucking ran his mile pace yesterday. I don't know him. I don't care. Like, I think that's the biggest thing of just like develop your own sense of autonomy with movement and building muscle and finding things that you actually enjoy doing. Okay. Like the amount of people in this, probably some of you fucking see most girlies that DM me asking about my running. No, just figure it out your fucking self. Okay. Like rip off the bandaid. Sorry. Like grow up and find something that you want to do. That's my tough love to you guys, because it's going to stick and you're going to feel a lot more proud of yourself. If you find something and you're like, damn, I didn't really think I'd be able to lift this much weight or go on this type of run. But I told myself I want to do it. And I'm not going to say it's going to happen in one week or two weeks or a month, but one day you will do it and feel so proud that like you were able to do something like by yourself and for yourself. So that's the app on muscle. Um, you know, Roe v. Wade, I'll put links about abortion. I'm sure you guys have already heard enough about that. And in the intro, um, here for you CMOS girlies and here for all of the CMOS girlies celebrating pride, as we said in the intro. Yes, yes. so I hope everyone has a beautiful day, beautiful Tuesday, if you're listening it on a Tuesday. And we will chat with you all later. Bye, CMOS girlies. <laughs>